Welcome to BitStorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, over there is Trevor Scott. Over where? Over there, through the phone line, well, through the internet lines. Now, a come. couple of suburbs over. <laughs> Hi. Hello. So, we're, this is episode 70, and we're going to do the same old stuff that we always do, which is click pitch. Trevor, would you like to tell our lovely listening audience about the game that is called click pitch? We have a random word generator each. On the count of three, two, one, we're going to click refresh. We're going to take those two words, say them both at almost the same time, mash those ideas together, and (laughs) (laughs) come up with some game design ideas that are either funny, interesting, or boring. So we throw them away and we start all again. Yeah, and you'll never see those ones. They are on the cutting room floor of Bitstorm. Yeah, there were a couple uh, last week. Never to see the light of day. If you wonder why sometimes our episodes are about 52-ish minutes, that's because there was literally eight minutes of shit. <laughs> or, in the in the case of last week, 20 minutes of shit that got cut. <laughs> <laughs> it was a shit-heavy week. Anyway. Nice. Let's do it. <laughs> Three, two, one, click. Creature. Heckle. What? Heckle. Oh, heckle. Yes. I thought you said heckable. I'm like- No. Like something that can be hecked. <laughs> a creature heckle. My mind immediately goes to anthrop- anthropomorphic creatures in a comedy club. Yeah, but I, I also don't know thought that there's that, a game there. I don't don't like that idea. But what I do like, yeah, I, in my mind went to um, a race between a tortoise and a hare, and okay. all the supporters on the side just heckling the hell out of the two of them. All right, that's in, that's interesting because how can we come up with some gameplay? He, this is going to be a challenge for us. How do you come up with gameplay where one person's playing a tortoise and one person's playing a hare that still makes it somewhat fair? <laughs> <laughs> or do you? Because the whole point of that parable is um, that, that there's one person who is super fast and, but also is just super cocky and fucks it up because they think they're going to win anyway. How, how do you get that that across in gameplay terms? <laughs> I mean, all I was thinking is having a race, but what you actually have is a Twitch-controlled um, crowd in which you're just getting continually heckled from Twitch streamers, so you don't have to have necessarily a tortoise and a hare. Um, racing is more... <laughs> okay. You have the racing idea, and people can, can cheer for whoever they want, and it's more the crowd controls whether someone gets... Um, Slower or faster, depending on who they're cheering the for. The crowd controls it. Yeah. All right. So, so we're sort of seeing the movement of. All right. That's interesting. So maybe we start with tortoise and hare, but it's it's literally just you can match up any two animals mm-hmm. to race to race against each other. But you're saying their speed is entirely controlled by who Twitch wants to win. Um, I think it's more who Twitch isn't heckling. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't heck all right, so they can slow people down. Yeah. Do the animals have any sort of innate speed? Like uh, is is the hare actually, you know, fifty times faster than the tortoise and so takes more heckling to slow it down? Oh, or are, do they I, start I, on even terms? I didn't say foot race. I'm talking I'm talking <laughs> like V A supercar race. <laughs> <laughs> right, well I guess there's your leveling mechanic, <laughs> as in you put them all on the same level. All right. All right. I kind of like the idea of just random foot races of two two random animals against each other, but it would be very hard to balance and figure out all the gameplay mechanics. Yeah. Whereas I can see this being a being a spectator sport on like big Twitch channels or something like that that you know basically <laughs> I, I I guess it's so the idea is that you along with all the other Twitch people are having some effect on the race. Is anyone else affecting the race or are they just if like if if you started it up in a channel with nobody watching, if two animals in V8 supercars race while nobody's watching, <laughs> does anyone do win? they both do they both win? Yeah. <laughs> does anybody win? Um well that that's a good question. Do you do you have like minimal sort of AI sort of just choosing, okay, let's throw out I know, the equivalent of like a red shell or or something like that. And just sort of let's it's Mario Kart rules. 
and but the more um, Twitch supporters there are, the more that it, it starts leaning on someone else getting debuffed, as it were. Right. So it's like it, it's it's basically the the annoying rubber banding in Mario Kart, but controlled by <laughs> thousands of people watching. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, that's that's got some interesting potential. I do like the idea of, of Twitch-controlled sort of stuff or any sort of massive audience potentially affecting the outcome or something. I feel like that's really difficult in a race thing, but I can't think of anything better. So... <laughs> I mean, pretty much all I'm thinking of is, you know at PAX where you've got, like, that big area that they usually have jackbox? Yeah, I can just yeah. imagine, like, a whole heap of people sitting around there. you got got... Um, maybe six people facing off against each other and you got everyone else sort of watching and sort of tap, tapping the button for the for the person that they're, they're um, cheering for. Wait, so in this situation, it's actually people playing as well? Yeah. I thought it was literally just AIs. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I think it would be okay. fun to actually have two people playing. So people are actually racing against each other. Yes. But somehow their car is being affected by... The Twitch audience. Yeah. So, sort of like, you know, like the blue shell, you've got- Yeah. Um, maybe spikes come up out of the ground that, you, that you've got to sort of um, navigate around and basically the track okay. gets harder for the- do, Is it- for the Did the Twitch audience can, have to type in specific things or do they just have buttons that they can press- um, It depends. If, if you're at like a- Heckle a certain person. If, if you like- at like a PAX event where you've, where you can have almost like a Jackbox style, um, mobile screen that maybe yeah. you can choose who you want to heckle or who you want to praise. But for, in fact, no, you could even just do that the, the whole time. You anyway. could do that the whole time. Yeah. You know, basically you've got the, the room code there that yeah. you just yeah. log into and then people can type stuff into the chat, but it's not going to actually hurt at all. Like it's not actually. So it's only. So it's only through this through this app yeah. that you affect it. It's just a web app. I think that's that's better. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> so is it just that they slow them down or do they like every time you heckle someone it increases the chance of their engine exploding or Um I I think maybe what you could have is every uh fifteen or thirty seconds one person who's watching at the time gets given a, a Something to it, oh. something to actually fire at someone else. Okay. Well, what uh, what would be interesting is if the number of time, the number of different people, the percentage of people who have heckled, you know, Janet. Mm-hmm. On each person playing, there's a meter that when it reaches the top, somebody who's watching gets to do something bad to that person, like one of the people who has the app. But in the meantime, everyone can still be hammering on the buttons. For whoever they want to lose. Yep. And which makes those meters go up to make more bad things happen to them. Yeah. And and maybe whoever's got the least amount, you know, you see all the signs in the crowd has their name on it and that, that sort of stuff. So, they, they start saying, <laughs> right, yeah. okay, I'm being cheered on a lot more, you know. Okay. Because they don't, maybe they don't see the meters. They don't know when. They, oh, yeah. I mean, that would make sense. They don't know when this stuff's going to happen. Hmm. So, you almost need a spectator screen as well as the screen that the actual players are looking at to give overall information. I guess it could be just in the web app. Yep. So, I do like this idea, and I feel like actually instead of this just being a racing game, this could be a middleware sort of thing that we apply to all games. (laughs) (laughs) So, any game can implement our APIs and and, and, and basically publish to our APIs that this game has these sorts of things that can happen, that can be put upon the players. Yeah, because we're being given special permission from the from the producers of the game to actually put well, this Well, that's it. They just, they just, they just register it. with they just register with our API. And so then you can then then it's like you've got a PUBG tournament and you've got a hundred buttons on your screen <laughs> on your screen, which is getting smaller and smaller as people get killed off. Well, I, but then I, I'm seeing it that you've got like squad screens, so you can actually um, mm, you know mm. navigate down into you a can squad. penalize a whole squad. Yeah, I like um, that. And so, could there be um, good things that you can give to people as well? Like, 
Um, Maybe it's a balance well, between I, I, some people want to hammer the button to make people's bad meter go up. And, you know, in that case, in PUBG, it, like, triggers the fucking red circle and, and starts bombing them. I, I suppose, or I suppose what's, what's alternatively, good about it, like, I suppose what's good about it is, you know, you've got some people who, who are actually going to be nice to the big streamers. But you've also got some people that are going to be assholes to the big streamers. So you got like um, your ninja oh, yeah, you and Drake that went on the other day, and they got like the, yeah. the most people in Fortnite. Um, yeah. Well, you could just imagine that there's just as many assholes out there, there as there are like oh, absolutely. nice guys. So there are people like I'm going to fuck Drake up by like dropping a crate on his head. Because otherwise, when, you've just got people yeah. voting for the big streamers, and then they're always going to win, and then that's not sort of fair. That's true. It's maybe better to have it only be penalties. <laughs> yeah. But then again, they could penalize everyone else. Then they could just penalize everyone else. But they'd have to they'd have to choose the right people, right? Cuz otherwise they're going to split the vote across everyone. Yeah. But I, I suppose the good the good thing is you've got um you know only one person being selected at random every 15 seconds. So um if you've got 100,000 viewers then Well, no, I thought it was when their meter reaches the top though. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what you were saying. I guess there could still be limits to how often it can happen. Yeah. I mean, you'd want to because then if you... Or it would at least have to be based on the percentage of people watching because you get, you know, 20,000 people <laughs> into, a, into a Twitch stream and this one person who everybody hates is just constantly getting shit dumped on them. <laughs> Literally, in the game. That's one of the penalties. <laughs> they, they actually just crashed the whole server because they just spawned like 50 billion cars on this one guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. I think that one's gone on long enough. <laughs> three draw and click. It's, it ended somewhere very differently than it started. Yeah, that's good. Oh, I got mod. Lagging. Oh, God. See, I was going to say that what we should do is make this is going to be a mod on an existing game because I got mod. Although we kind of just did that. Yep. But also the fact that you got lagging. <laughs> so it's an online oh, multiplayer game. It's just game. a really <laughs> unoptimized mod. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of the Skyrim mods out there. <laughs> yeah, just it just the frame rate goes down, your network speed goes down. Okay. So what it is is Bethesda actually you know, just released Skyrim VR and Fallout 4 VR. Mm-hmm. But they decided that they've finally actually grown, like, a heart and decided to okay. give out these mods for free because that's pretty much all they are. They're just mods on top of their existing yeah, games. So course. people that have already bought the games can get in there for free. That's my comment. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you wanted to say. This isn't yeah. leading to a game idea. And I was just thinking that, you know, Skyrim lags quite... Quite nicely, if you um if you put too many mods on, so <laughs> I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. I just don't like the idea of paying sixty dollars American to have Skyrim VR when I've already got Skyrim. <laughs> All right, Trevor, go and start a g- actual gaming pod- game news podcast if you want to talk about gaming stuff. We talk about imaginary games. Okay. So modern lagging, maybe it's something to do with someone like moder- moderating an online forum. Hmm. And so, but they only see new posts that come up like five minutes after they happen. And so, you have to shut them down quickly. I don't know. That's not a game. No. That's just a nightmare. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Lagging, lagging, lagging. I reckon. I think let's just click again on this one. Yeah. I don't have anything coming. Trip. Mounding. Mounding? Yes, I don't even know if that's even How a word. How is mound a verb? To mound? Um, Heap up into a rounded pile. I mean, I guess. I just would never have thought of that as a as a verb. When I search for it. <laughs> oh, I guess I searched no. I just saw the Urban Dictionary. Um, oh, God, no. Urban what is dic- it? Mounding is the practice oh, of taking on. a male's genitals and shoving them up in the body cavity. <laughs> well, can we make it into a game? <laughs> I kind of like the idea of some. Oh, God, are we really going? I kind of like the idea. <laughs> no. 
Because I can just picture sort of the soft body physics that would come from trying to like poke the end of a penis <laughs> and push it back up into oh, shit. the body. <laughs> only only people with penises or, or, or people without penises who have tried this on people with penises will know what this feels like. But there is actually a very specific like, because it kind of bends to the side if you don't like line it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe this is a mod for genital jousting. Oh, well, they don't have body cavities, though. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, trip mounting. So, maybe instead of using the, the penis thing, um, we just talk about creating mounds of something. Okay. So, you play yeah. a groundhog. Okay. And you happen to be in a golf course. Okay. <laughs> And is Bill Murray there? Yeah, Bill Murray's the groundskeeper. Uh, Chevy Chase is like a golf, of like one of the one of the patrons of the golf course. And effectively, you are playing Caddyshack the game, but as the um, but as the gopher. But as the groundhog, go for a groundhog or whatever it was. It was oh yeah, was it? A, it was a gopher. It was a gopher. At least I fixed it up myself. <laughs> um, yeah. but I kind of like the idea that you're actually. Seeing it from from like the gopher's point of view, so the reason. <laughs> so are you trying to like pop up in front of someone's golf putt and like take the ball, or what are you trying to do? You, you're trying to basically ruin people's games. You're trying to trip them up. You're you're basically trying to be a nuisance to try and get them away from the golf course because you want the golf course to shut down because this was originally your land, right? So it's it's uh. It's an analogy for, you know, native indigenous peoples being colonized. Exactly. Yeah. Do you want to get all political with this? <laughs> Something else where it's completely not ready to uh, to do a story about, but that is something important. Um, <laughs> so well, you talked about this native land. Yeah, okay. So I'm just trying to think of do, what's your view like in this that you can actually do this. Do you have to like pop your head up occasionally to get the lay of the land and then guess how far to dig um, to like come up on the green, but do it in the right spot that you're not going to get yeah, whacked I, in the head with a golf club. I kind of don't think that you want a first person view in this. What you want is almost like a third person view. So okay, so maybe maybe you're above. Above so ground, it's a person view, and you're seeing the typical like Bugs Bunny um, mounds of dirt come up as you dig through close yep. to the surface. <laughs> okay, so there's a so there's a little bit of like uh, there's a little bit of like Tron light bikes in there. What happens if you cross over your own path? <laughs> does your does your tunnel like collapse in on itself and you are, are, are visible? Well, maybe you have maybe to run that's away. something that you could actually do that. Each level is one of the holes of the of the golf course. So there's 18 levels in total, and what you're trying to do is like guess how far like the first drive is actually going to be. So you got to try and you know create create some sort of um, uh, line that's going to stop stop the ball from going. But then right. you can't cross you know you can't cross the stream, so it becomes almost like a puzzle <laughs> game. <laughs> that's interesting. So is there a time element in that? Someone is coming and playing golf as you're doing this, or do you get to do you get a certain amount of golfers so you can see? All right, the first drive is going to land around here, so I need to put a mound, like a because uh, maybe you can do like long mounds, which is you digging through, but then you can also dig up to make a hole. And the idea is that you are trying, you want the golf call, golf golf balls to go into the hole. So the long mounds are you like. If it's rolling along the ground and hits your mound, it's going to go along it, right? Yep. Like, um, and then if you can manage to put that somewhere where it's going to go along it, and and then put a hole at the end, then you like win that ball or whatever. Yeah, but uh, pretty much for each each level, if too many people, you know, make holes that like get it into into the um into the actual cup on the green, then right. you start losing. Not mor- not morale as such, but if you know what I mean, like it's it's sort of like you got only a certain amount of balls before the um. Well, yeah, I maybe think the maybe greenskeeper think- comes along, which is Bill Murray. <laughs> I think maybe there's one group 
of golfers and and they and they're it's literally them you're trying to get revenge on for some reason. Yep. But they've all got different skills, right? So you know that, you know, the guy in the green and white striped shirt doesn't have a good drive. So if he's up first, you might want to put your mounds a bit closer. Mm-hmm. But that means that, you know, the woman with the with the red hat who does have a good drive is going to go right over those mounds unless you have have dug them in such a way that you'll catch her ball too yep. in some other way. But if you, if you do too many um, too many tunnels along the way, then like the groundskeeper comes in comes in and actually collapses them with his with his like yeah. Well, maybe or you also maybe you also need a, um, to leave a path for the golfers themselves. Like if they have to step over or if they see too many mounds, then they call the groundskeeper, and you fucked up the level. So there's sort of this aspect of you can't just crisscross the entire thing. So even though you're not like crossing your own ones, they're going to have to walk over them all. You have to be strategic about where you sort of crisscross the the, um, the fairway uh, with your mounds so to you know, guide the ball. You know why they need to? Because it's just turned into a stealth gopher game. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think absolutely. I think if you're seen, so you've actually got to collapse fucked. your mounds after you after you've sort of. Oh, I don't know of- about having to collapse them. I think they just don't notice them at first, or if they if they don't have to step over too many. Because mm-hmm. I like the idea of not being a. I mean, I mean, I guess you could backtrack through them. I just think that there's more challenge if you if once you've laid a mound or or a track, you literally that's it. And there's no way of cleaning up. Yeah, that is. That, there's no way of cleaning up. You just have to restart help. the level. You just have to restart the level, right? Yeah. If you fuck it up. Yeah, I don't know. That, that's cool. There's an interesting aspect of, of puzzling there. And I think maybe each, maybe each golfer has a certain number of balls that they've actually got in their bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so that's almost like their lives as such. So Right, right. So if you, yeah, if you can't get all of Woman in the Red Hat's balls because she keeps overshooting your mounds. By the 18th hole. Yeah. You, know, you kind and of. Then she survives. Yeah, you kind of knock them off. Yeah, that's cool. I like that as a way of doing that. Yeah, that's that's good. And yeah, you start to learn the personalities of these people. You know, like the weedy guy with the long hair always hits it into the um, into the sand uh, sand traps. So if you put a hole at the bottom of the sand trap, you're generally going to get his. So in other words, you put a trap in the sand trap. So it's a sand trap. Totally, trap. a sand trap trap. <laughs> and um, and the and the the. Go. His name is Trav, so it's a sand trap trap by Trav. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and it's very well made, so it's a sound sand trap trap from Trav. Three, two, one, click. You don't have any? <laughs> no. I'm actually I'm actually really impressed that we were able to get a game idea out of mounding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. Who would have thought you could make a game about pushing a penis up into your body? <laughs> we did it. Okay. Teenager. Flattest. Oh, no. Flattest teenager. Yes. Again, <laughs> we're not qualified to make a game out of what I'm thinking of. Yeah. My because there's a there very first. obvious direction to go with women, girls' self-esteem. Around their, uh, around their breasts. Oh, you were going with girls. I was going with guys with no bulge. Like, well, I, I don't feel like that's so much of a thing. Did that happen dolls. to you, Trevor? Were you teased? <laughs> were you teased about your lack of or or abundance of bulge? See, I shouldn't have been practicing all the mounding. <laughs> <laughs> Just is that like because because the thing is with with teenage girls. I think, from what I know of them, and look, I'd better learn. I've got twin two-year-old girls. I've got a bit of time left before they're teenagers. But from what I know, from what I've known, if they develop breasts early, then they're teased, and if they develop breasts late, then they're teased. So I don't, I don't know what the sweet spot is. <laughs> is that why it's called Sweet Sixteen? It, it may be. Um, yeah, it's like if unless you. 
have and I'm not okay. We need to be care- we need to be careful about how we discuss the breasts of teenage girls. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure where the game is. You could definitely make like a visual novel out of it, but again, we're not the ones to write it. No, no, I think. No. Okay, so teenager and flattest. So I'm just wondering if this could be like. So I've got this idea. Remember when you were young and you went out and got like leaves and stuff. And then you put like. I remember the, when you, you put was the, young. Oh. You put them in between like big phone books, and you made like the leaves perfectly flat. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so I'm thinking that it's, yep. a, it's a um, it's a visual novel about these these teenagers who are in this club that they're just trying to um, make different things as flat as possible. So it's not just leaves. So so it's leaves. It's Pieces of paper, it's... Um, <laughs> pieces of paper are already flat. Crumpled bits of, pace, bits of paper. <laughs> um, just trying to flatten that. They just like tennis balls, things to be um, aesthetically <laughs> pleasing. <laughs> Bugs. Small oh, you rodents. Know, you know what it is? You know, you know how on YouTube like there's this thing about hydraulic presses that people... People love watching things get flat. <laughs> it's just oh god, okay. It, it's literally just a a physical simulation of of that. So you can put anything into these things and see it. You know, including teenagers, <laughs> including teenagers. But no, may, maybe you you pl- you play one of these um, one of these hip teens that that you know go on about um, how awesome it would, it would be to see a blender be flattened. And so you get to put you get to put it in here, and then you know. I love that we've gone motion. beyond will it. I love that we've gone beyond will it blend. To will it be flattened in a hydraulic press, and it, and the first thing you put in there is the will it blend blender. Yep. Which I don't remember the name of, which means those advertisements have not done their job. <laughs> but I, I just just started thinking, people watch those those things all the time. Like watch those videos all the time, you know, where they put mm. they put like some crazy dense metal in one of those hydraulic presses, and quite often, you know, because of the physical the physical exertion, they either you know explode or they or they just totally fuck up the hydraulic press. Well, what would happen if you got a super awesome like physic physic based simulation yeah. that you could actually do these things? It, it looks hyper realistic. You didn't actually damage something, and you could flatten anything that you wanted. <laughs> and and that's the whole game. Yeah. Or is there some sort of gameplay around it as well? Is there gameplay to the new PC building simulator? I think not. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there is. There is because you have to like fix people's computers and stuff. Um, Do you? Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to put that on my on my wish list then. <laughs> <laughs> I just there you go, guys. I just sold a copy of a. Whatever it's called, Extreme PC Building Simulator 2018. I want to see how much it's going to cost for me to put my eight Titan Vs in there. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So, um, the other thing that came to mind with the hydraulic press is maybe this is the next big Gen Z fad where we're going beyond Tide Pods. And apparently there's a thing around snorting condoms. Yeah, I had actually heard about that, except for people like a couple things. But anyway, this is the next big thing where it's like they buy hydraulic presses and they see how close they can close it on their hands or something or on their heads without hurting themselves. Okay. <laughs> and again, you've got your great physics engine. <laughs> oh, um, you you know what. I, I want and this, you're I want a this hydraulic press have, mechanic. I, I want I want this to have a little bit of story behind it. So these teenagers find like this this awesome hydraulic haunted press. hydraulic press. Okay, haunted hydraulic press. Yeah. Surprisingly, the uh, voice of the ghost mm-hmm. is Justin McElroy. Because okay, I'm, I'm just we need to, they yep um, before they get that big trolls two money. We gotta get them get yep. them quickly. Yep, because the McElroys will be in Trolls too. Oh, we um, know. Yep. 
so I, I kind of like the idea of it's being like an Augustus Parsons sort of voice because I really like that voice. Oh, like and the southern act, the southern drawl. Yeah, helping these these um, awesome teens. So is this this is presumably the teenager who died in this hydraulic press the first time? Well, maybe maybe he's the old old man who owned the um, owned the factory in which this hydraulic press was originally in. Oh, um, okay. I was thinking it was a teenager themselves maybe but uh, either way i want justin mcelroy to do the to do the voice that's fine um what I and then obviously thinking- the other two mcelroys uh, are the voices of the teens of the teens yeah because i mean they can do awesome voices and yeah and their, oh, dad, yeah. their dad their dad does a does a little cameo as like sure um, as the hydraulic press when it gains sentience <laughs> um, at the end that's a spoiler what what I'm actually thinking though is that it's it's rather innocuous at first, you know, getting getting them to to compress small little things, and then it starts lusting for blood. So it's like <laughs> it it asks for like a homeless man's hand and get me a rat, get me a rat. Oh, home- wait, Jesus! You jump straight to homeless man's <laughs> hand, a human body part. Well, how are they even going to get that before they get it to the press? Or do they have to just, like, convince a homeless person who has gone through so much already to come into this fucking condemned old factory and they've just, like, put some food on the press and they're just like, just take it. Just take it. Just take the food. <laughs> and then it goes in very slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, he could have taken his hand away at any time. <laughs> Wait, you're saying that the press is actually coming down slowly? Yes. I thought you <laughs> I thought you meant that we just then see the press slam down on his hand, but we see it in slow motion. But you're saying that the, the press just slowly comes down. It's always in slow motion on those YouTube things, and I think it'll just be funnier if it's- And it's just it's like, it's oh my god, no, don't crush my hand. <laughs> They're just like- this guy could just leave. <laughs> yeah, they're not holding him there. They're only teens. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it's and it's not like it's not like we actually forced him to do it. We just said, "Do you mind putting your hand right there?" <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> but I do like. There's a very Stephen King esque sort of thing around this hydraulic press starts to get into their heads. Yeah. And, and yeah, make them, like, bring worse and worse things to be crushed in this hydraulic press, ending in a, a human being, presumably. But the thing is, it could have been stopped at any time by them just refusing to. Well, yeah, but, I mean, that's the whole point of a ghost. Like, ghosts can't really affect the real world. They All they can do is ask nicely and then get into your brain and... Mess up your perception and, and give you and really what, nightmares what you, for the rest of your life. What, what you're looking you for is, is, you know, where, where can we go next? Where can we go next? You know, where does the story go? And it's like, well, actually, had you just stopped, <laughs> it would have shown, you know, how the teenagers went, but now they've just been corrupted. And <laughs> That's an interesting meta narrative. It's like I have a book. Uh, my kids have a book called Don't Read This Book. Yes. Have you seen this? I've got both of them. Oh, are there two? Yes. I actually I actually find it not that great a message because literally the entire book is this character in the book pleading to the reader not to turn the page because something bad's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the only way to see what's going to happen is to continue turning the page. Yeah. My son, had- so it- my son just goes, <laughs> turn the page! <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so do my kids. So do my kids, and they cack. They just cack themselves laughing when the guy goes, "What the heck?" Because they think it's hilarious. Yeah. Um. But no, like this. I, this I character put, is put begging awesome you. Awesome voices on when it, whenever oh, I read that to James. Like yeah. I, I go over the top and and go, "What do you mean this happens? You can't do this!" Blah 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 blah, blah and just start going faster and faster and faster. And he absolutely. Loves oh, it. I'm sure he loves it. Um, but yes, this character is li- literally begging and pleading you to not turn the page. And of course, the kids want to turn the page. So I don't think that's a great message. But yes, I think that applies to this sort of game or, or, or it would be an interesting thing, interesting thing in a game where 
the only way to like you you somehow get the get the player to relate to and feel empathy to these characters, but then the game makes it very clear that the only way to not have anything bad happen to them is to just stop playing. <laughs> but it's one of those things of what happens next, you know, and hopefully you keep it. Totally. And it just gets more way. and more gruesome, sore like um <laughs> endings to these people. It's kinda like until dawn, but where um you as the player are literally the uh perpetrator of these crimes. And they blame you every single time it happens. It's like, why are you still playing? It's this very fourth wall breaking. Um, t- our friends are dying. <laughs> Stop playing the game. <laughs> but I want to see what happens next. <laughs> you, you, can, you can actually converse with them. You're evil. Oh, it, it's just because they've got <laughs> awesome text um, analyzing software in there. Well, no, I mean, it, I, I assume just conversation trees, but... Yeah. Okay, yeah. read one click. I like that. We moved a little bit away from that hydraulic press at the end there, but I think... <laughs> so we're flattest. <laughs> prime. Nephew. <laughs> the prime nephew. I am the prime nephew. All other nephews are lesser. Uh... Okay, ne- Prime Nephew. So, I mean, there are a few ways we could take Prime. And all of them are somewhat interesting. I'm, I'm kind of taking it in a um, a horror way again. I kind of like it as, mm. as if maybe this Prime Nephew is actually like... Sort of like the Omen. The Prime Nephew. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I was kind of going to a multiverse kind of... Kind of thing, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit like Jet Li's The One. Okay, where yep, yep. something about your nephew, like literally, somehow, your nephew, like in in all other versions, in all other universes, even even remotely similar to this one, this this nephew doesn't exist, but in your universe he does. Okay, and that gives him ultimate power of some sort. And the game is you sort of finding this out and weird things happening with your nephew. Okay, cool. I like this. Um, sort of like I'm seeing it that you've now got to protect your nephew and, and try to teach him right. And yeah, basically you could have like an evil corporation trying to, trying to capture capture him. You, you can have like different narrative things happening where you, uh, in like a say a cabin in the woods, and you you sort of training him to to like survive out there and, mm. and this sort of thing. Yeah, well, I, I definitely like the idea of of having to protect him. I think maybe you play like his auntie, who is who studies like quantum mechanics and multiple dimensions, and That's so awesome. once and so once weird shit starts happening when this kid turns, I don't know, like 11 or something, like somewhere where they're starting to understand the world from a more, somewhat more adult perspective, but still very so young. Sort of like a, a preteen. Rather yeah. Than, so, so not a child, but a, um, just in that, in that golden, golden sort yeah, of. Yeah. Before puberty, but. Yeah, but um, starting to grow up and and think about adult things, and so like this kid's parents come to you because you're the only scientist in the family. <laughs> it's just like something weird is weird is weird ha- something weird is happening, and you're a doctor, and you're like, I'm not that sort of doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I have multiple PhDs in 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 quantum mechanics and uh, astrophysics and. <laughs> I'm just, I'm but just, I'll imagine, take a I'm just look. imagining now that some weird shit was happening and we were waiting for a letter from Hogwarts, but it didn't come so quickly. <laughs> yeah, that's why we that's why we actually waited till he was twelve. Like we we knew that at eleven the the letter usually comes. We're big fans. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, you kind of take this kid under your wing. And and kind of experiment on him in way in, in certain ways, and so maybe and obviously it's going to be very heavily narrative, and you know mm-hmm. I'm thinking kind of point and click adventure ish, maybe even a bit of those kind of 
I'm almost getting shades of those old FMV games. Do you know hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I don't think it's that. I don't think the game's actually FMV, but no, um, but just with you sort of just have this sort of puzzle to solve and this sort of puzzle to solve, and so you do things like you take a sample of his blood, and somehow in that you notice like the the quantum vibrations are, are stable or something that nobody else has. Yeah, it's a stability that every everyone else's blood happens to happens to be well, like fighting for supremacy. Yeah, everyone else's cells are like shifting between multi- between universes, between dimensions, as they determine, like decisions. You know, as decisions determine whether that cell is going to continue existing in that position or not, or whatever. Right? As the before the wave form collapses, but his cells are stable. His cells don't shift. They're just literally they they are they have already collapsed the wave form. It's like yeah. It's like he's fated to be wherever he is at any point. Okay, so across I, all dimensions, I think what can also happen is an evil version of you comes across. Okay, and that's when you and when you when you finally defeat defeat that one, you look at your cells and they're just a slight bit more stable than what they were before. <laughs> and that's that's where you that's where you create this hypothesis about about right you know about all the different versions of you in different multiverses. Yep. So so I wonder if you find out is it just chance that your nephew survived some great tragedy in this universe where in by pure random chance in literally every other universe he died. Well, I think what it can actually come down to is that your sister his mother originally in every other universe died as of something that um, you you actually did, and you're the only one to have actually saved your sibling. Actually, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I like the idea that in every other what it's not just random chance that they all survived this single tragedy at birth or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's random chance that of the limitless ways that an, that someone between the ages of zero and eleven can die. Yep, this is the only one to have survived them all. So every time you meet someone from a new universe, you find out how that version of your nephew was killed <laughs> <laughs> before they reached eleven. Like, <laughs> you know that one of them has to be a hydraulic press. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> um, that was the final one. <laughs> Oh, but I, I was Fine. sort of thinking that it, it was, you know, your your sister never survived through childhood, so therefore she never met the father, and therefore never had the child. That's why, you know, this is this is a miracle child because the child, right? She never existed in anything else. That could else, be but, cool but, too. No, I can't. I, t- I do kind of <laughs> like the idea of like this never-ending like death of Morty sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Is that what we're going to get a name of the net for you now? Just you no, know, no, in no. honor of. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's what I now, I'm now picturing him as. But um, we should come up with a name for him. Uh, um, Fandy. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Fuck, we're bad at names. Yeah, we are. We're really bad at names. All right. Never mind. The nephew. Yeah, well, I like, well, I like maybe, that. Maybe to keep keep his identity secret, you you just call him the nephew. Or the it's nephew. Like the, it's, like the, it's like the bride <laughs> in uh, Kill Bill. Yeah. And, and his name's always beeped out, but... Just, just like I'm um, <laughs> actually gonna like homage to Kill Bill and beep out the name every time. Yep, it d- and she just calls him Kiddo. You can go as far as that. Yep, uh, uh, Kiddo or nephew. I love it, love it, love it, love it. <laughs> um, un- unlike our previous game in which we didn't actually come up with an, you know, our one from a little while ago that we that we came up with like this three act structure and then just said, yeah, we'll f- we'll finish that in the next game. <laughs> Let's actually come up with like the the, the finale, like the the climax, the climax to this one. Well, I think there are multiple endings. Uh, well, it's just I was just thinking that like if if someone becomes 
ultra powerful when they're the only one left across all dimensions. Yep. Does that mean the older you get, the more like is it the power gets gained, or do you only get any sort of actual power once you are the final one? Um, I think you have to actually defeat defeat the other the other you. Well, wait, how did this kid do that? Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> damn it! <laughs> damn it! Damn it! Damn it! No, I think I, I I think it's I think that as soon as you're the last one, you get like ultimate power. But the thing is, most look there are infinite dimensions out there. Most yep. people die within microseconds of another version of themselves. <laughs> you, you, the, you, you actually see like a scene where your grandfather dies, and like he gets bathed in this this golden light, and then dies. <laughs> it's like totally, he happened yeah. to be the final one. <laughs> Look, the old, that's it. The older you get, the more likely you are actually the final one. But generally, like at least one other universe, someone else is getting. You know, nearly as old as you, down to the down to the second. Yep. So yeah, most for most people, they and maybe that's why people think the heaven exists, because you know a certain percentage of people as they die are the last one. You know, across but all they, universes, they get, they get bathed in this um in this thing in this universe that is that is called like I don't really want to say quickening, but <laughs> you know, it's sort of like um, <laughs> it's the priming. <laughs> the, prime, the priming of the soul. Or maybe they just call it the glow. And it's, glow. And it's like um, certain people in this universe, you know, they get selected. To, um, that- well, I don't, I don't think it's selected because selected kind of implies an intelligence behind it. Yeah, but they, they think, you know, they've, they've built this religion. Oh, sorry. That they think the that religion this person is built has been okay. selected. But what's actually yeah. happening is they're the final, they're the final one. Yeah, it's just randomly they are the final one, and they get this moment of of pure of pure power before they die, or at, basically as they die. I think it can be also that it just so happens that this universe happens to be a a very special one in 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 the fact that a higher than normal number of people actually are, are the last ones to survive. That's uh, why maybe, it, maybe maybe that's why I, it's a religion I, I, here. Yeah, but I mean, with all the people in the world, over time, like it doesn't have to be happening constantly. It could literally yeah. happen once every fifty years, and they'd still build a fucking religion around it, right? Yeah, true. And that's what makes it so hard. You know, nobody's managed to capture it on film, or maybe like one person's managed to capture it on film, but nobody believes it because it's just like there's no further proof of anything around it, and it doesn't mean anything. It's not like anything. I mean, I guess if I guess maybe as part of the game, you study some of these people who have died in this way. You manage to get some of their cells and you see that they have reached that same point of stability that your nephew has. Yeah. Maybe you've looked at them previously. Maybe you're the one person in the world who has, like, started to figure this out even before this. And here is where my twist comes in. Okay. actually the second person in this world because the first person was you from another universe and- you from the other universe are the actual um, antagonist in this. So right, and so they figured it out too. And are you fig- the only two left? You're, maybe you're the only two left, and and they're they've you know amassed great wealth and and are actually the leader of this of this um, secret organization trying to capture your nephew. But it turns out that the reason why they know all How this did- stuff is because they are you. Who who has been going through and actually mm. and destroying all the other U's? I guess the thing is how um, how do, how is this person traveling between dimensions like universes? Because I think up to this point, your character has just figured it out from from things within their own universe, right? And they they're studying this religion and they've been studying mm-hmm. quantum mechanics and the vibration of cells and how everybody's cells, you know, are less or more stable in different ways and some and like they notice that as people get older, um you know, they they tend to get more stable, but it's, you know, and, she, and she's trying to figure out why that is. Has is it just that the other version of you has figured it out further to the point that they literally figured out a way to jump between universes. I think so. I think I think they've actually got like a portable war- wormhole generator or something like that that they can actually. You know, oh, 
set up a localized wormhole that they can they can travel oh, to no, to a new dimension. No, 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 I know what happened. I know what happened. What? What happened? So your other version of you has been studying this as well. Mm-hmm. But they happened to take cell sample from their version of the nephew. Mm-hmm. And and noticed that it was the most stable set of cells they'd ever seen. Because this is literally the point where there are only two of your nephew left. And then she kills the nephew because she thinks that it's going to get the glow. But what that actually does is makes your nephew the final one, the prime one. Yep. But, but But what that means is that he is then capable of, like, seeing between universes and he kind of sees that happen- and that kind of create that, and he tells you about it, and like that's actually what allows your other self, because she sees him as well, and she sort of figures out what's happened, and maybe that gives her an epiphany of the dimensional thing, and and how to then start moving between them. Yep. And she's kind of siphoning off his power or something. Like it's his power that's actually letting her do that. So I'm thinking that maybe that happened when he was six. No, oh, I think it I think it has to happen when he's 11. I think it literally because up to that point there were more and more of him and that, but okay. they were just dying 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 in all these other universes. And it's that it's that when he was 11 your your alter dimensional um self took that sample and looked at it and was like holy shit like but he's got to be he's got to be the last one. But is it maybe maybe one of these things where where when she did travel she went back in time so therefore she's got to sort of build up this this army over five years or so. Well, maybe that can happen over the times. Like maybe it's maybe the story is actually from when he's eleven till when he's like sixteen because then then there can be yeah. a whole lot of you teaching him stuff. But during that time, she's also building up because I think in her alternate version, uh, in her alternate universe, she was actually because like you're just studying the religion from the scientific point of view of you think they've observed these these glow moments yep. and you think that there's actually something scientific behind it, whereas she's, like, drunk the Kool-Aid. Like, she is thinking of it also from a religious point of view. And so that's why she has the sort of the, the desire to kill the nephew because she thinks he's the last one and she wants to see this glow. It's like, she thinks this is the only way it's going to happen. She's going to yep. see this glow and she's going to measure it and she's going to get something out of it. But then it doesn't happen, but because he wasn't, he was the second last one. But as part of that, because of the creation of the prime nephew, <laughs> <laughs> she then gains this additional knowledge to jump between universes. I love, I love the idea. That this is the prime, <laughs> the prime nephew. nephew. That's definitely the the fucking episode title. <laughs> 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 so we still haven't actually got to the climax. So what happens at the end? I mean, presumably she's defeated in some way. Has like, have, have do you manage to teach this kid? Does he actually survive? Does he just is he just a god now? Can he jump between dimensions? Like, well, I think I think what actually happens is they both sort of um, go up against the you know mirror universe you. Aunt, yeah. aunt, um, you know the the one with the goatee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they they de- they defeat her, and all of a sudden, your character glows, and you know that you're you're now the final. Oh, and, and so, so together, you and your nephew explore the multiverse. Yeah, basically, you you decide that it's no longer safe here. There's too many people that now know, so you actually um, slip on her her. Wristwatch, which well, happens to be the portable well, wormhole no, generator, but because or whatever. By then, if you're the prime, you've got the power to do that anyway. I think. Okay, and they, they and go then, off, and then you do reveal the names, and it's Rach and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually thinking Meredith, but anyway, <laughs> Meredith. Yeah, I don't know why I came up with that name. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I was just making a stupid pop culture reference, but yes. whatever. No, I really like that <laughs> idea. <laughs> That's really fun. Um, all right, man. We've really like we've really taken these ideas on tonight and tried to turn them into something. Uh, I think let's do one more. Cool. Three, two, one. Click. Mopping. Voltage. High voltage. So this is definitely some sort of game 
where you like play a janitor of some kinds trying to avoid yep. high voltage wires as you so you like mop and leave leave high highly conductive water puddles behind you. Well, what I was thinking is is this actually a a sequel to Space Quest? Okay. Where you play Roger Wilco. Yeah, Splodger Thrillco. Splodger Thrillco. Need to watch our point click repeats to to get that little Please reference. do. <laughs> Please be the first person to watch to Space Quest 3. <laughs> I noticed you still haven't watched it. <laughs> <laughs> They're all waiting for Space Quest 4, man. Got to get that up. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get to editing that one day. One day. Okay, so what actually happens is, as part of an experiment in Space Quest 7, there's something that actually happens to to Splodger, in which um, he gets hit with a massive amount of electricity. Okay. So, a high voltage, as it were. Yeah. And they all hold a funeral for him because they think that he's dead. But what's actually happened is he's turned into, like, pure energy and has actually being downloaded into like an internet sort of sort of thing where yep. there's a whole heap of other electrical creatures, electrical creatures. Mm-hmm. and and now it's all about can can splodger get out of of this electrical world and and back into back into a body okay okay <laughs> that's an that's an interesting place to go so the whole game is set within like the the network of of the space station or something, yeah. That he's on. What's the what's the Deep Space Nine? It's the Deep Ship eighty six. The Deep Ship eighty six. Yeah. That's that's what they called it in in Space Quest. In Space Quest, yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of neat. I like the idea that it's just it still looks like him just walking around, but like he's got a blue uniform with a lightning bolt on the front <laughs> while he's in there. Yeah, and then yeah, and then it's just kind of classic point-click adventure between all these places. But you're inside the computer system and the network, and there's like other creatures who have been caught in there, or creatures who are like naturally um, electric, electric, electricity inclined, or like artificial intelligence or other software and things. So there's a bit of a you can do a bunch of like Tron satire and stuff. Do a bunch of Tron, but then there's also do a bunch times of Tron, in do which some weird science. There's also s- some times in which you need to um, exit the the um, the grid, as it were, and you can hijack like an a, an appliance. Mm, yeah, and one of the appliances being a like a Roomba like thing, <laughs> and basically okay. you can. You can travel around a la Rumu between different places, but then when you, if you get into like a, a secured area, you can like hop out again into this into this new. Right, network. and then you're in like a different network because it's a secure network; it's not connected yep. to the other one, so you have to physically get there. Yeah, I like that, and I like it's that almost you're like you're, to- hop- you're hopping a ride on on like. Um, you know, different appliances to get mm. to get between different places. Well, I like that one of the puzzles. You know, maybe mid game. Or into the first act or something is you're trying to get in contact with someone, and so you're you know some of the puzzles are getting the screen working and getting the inputs right so you can project yourself onto the screen to maybe tell Beatrice or whatever is she still? Uh, yeah, I like the fact that um, you brought up Beatrice because I was about to bring up Beatrice in mm. six. What actually happened was Beatrice decided well they decided not to bring Beatrice back and they brought in this other character called Stella. Um, oh, that's right. It sort yeah. of hurt a lot of people, a lot of fans, because they all liked Beatrice from Space Quest Five. Which, when you see our our run through of Space Quest Five, when we finally finish it, um, <laughs> if you haven't played the games, you'll you'll see, you know, the, the great yep. the great um, great romance romance that happens between Roger and Beatrice. And it was very short lived because they decided not to do it. Well, maybe in Space Quest Seven. She turns up for Roger's funeral, right? Okay, and she meets she meets Stella, and yep. they they can have like a bit of a bit of an argument, or they can have their whatever. own. Well, and they can just have their own. I think relationship Stella made it through there. the. Um, I think she made it through. I can't the, remember. We'll we'll find out when we get to Space Quest Six. Um, it's been a while. Yeah, I, I like that. And then yeah, you get you manage to get in contact with them, and then you know they're helping you a bit. They're able to do certain things in the real world. 
um, for you at different points in time. And yeah, you're just you're making your way through, and and maybe while you're in there, you know, maybe this is the second act. Uh, you know, you you get into that secure network and you find like the evil shit that the captain's doing or something, or that like an admiral is doing or whatever, someone high up in power. Yeah, and then and then the game is bringing them down in your usual Roger Wilco bumbling kind of way, you know, by planting obscene pornography on their computer on their, on their iPad or something, <laughs> and then putting it in a place where the authorities will find it. Oh, I kind of like the idea that you know you can have, given that back in back in the nineties there wasn't too much in the in the way of wireless transmission, you can mm. now like um, hop on, you know. We now ad- agree that yes, there are wireless transmissions, and you can sort of like hij- hijack wireless transmissions and and travel on like the captain's iPad as he goes between. Right. Well, I I kind of like the idea that wireless st- isn't actually. It's not. Uh, uh, fuck. It's not good enough. <laughs> I had a better word. The Wi-Fi isn't good enough to transport your whole consciousness over there, so you kind of end up there in fragments. And so <laughs> the 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 parts where you're yeah, like you're able to get onto the onto the um, tablet or whatever, but you there's only limited things you can do, or you can only stay for a certain amount of time or something, because um, you you have to travel through the higher bandwidth wired networks. There could be a final puzzle in which you've you sort of like you've spread yourself out over like three or four different things that you can only see through this one camera. You can only use um, <laughs> you've got control of 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 one of like, like claw one arm, robot thing. and then yeah. you, then you've got like hearing from from this um, microphone in some other room. So <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. You're having to figure it out. You see them like walk out of your vision, but then you're able to hear where they are. Um, and so, you know, then to like, based on, on the sounds you hear, you know, when to activate the claw arm to like, grab something. Yeah. That's a real, that'd be a really fun puzzle to figure out actually. Yeah. That's cool. I like that idea. That's awesome. All right. We definitely just wrote space quiz seven. Hit us up, two guys from Andromeda. I know you don't actually have the rights to Space Quest. Well, hit us up, Sierra, I guess. Who owns it? I don't know. Uh, probably Vivendi again, don't they? Or Yeah, probably. Oh, Activision Look, would, actually. Activision give us a ton of money, and we'll try to build it faster than fucking Space Venture, which I literally backed on Kickstarter in 2012. Yeah, I saw that they put out another update, and they put it, they're, they're still, still working ready. on it. I don't know how they even have the money. To be still working on it after six years. Yeah. And it doesn't, even, even look, doesn't look that good. It looks all right, but, like, I watched the their latest update video of their little yeah. robot dog going through, like, it's, a it's thing, pretty which... Ba- like, I hope it's funny, and I hope the puzzles are good, because it it, it doesn't look great. It, it looks like something <sighs> that was done in, or oh, maybe 2012? I think that's about the... <laughs> Even that. Right. Anyway, we're not going to get into that. This is that's not what this podcast is about. I like it. It ends with you obviously bringing down the whatever and getting back into your body or a new body. Maybe you get into a new body. You end up in Stella's body. <laughs> Stella oh, just go off. <laughs> interesting. Or maybe you end up in a ro- like in a robot body. Maybe you are now in the 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 second Terminator or whatever it was. <laughs> the third, a third, or, the third, um, or a third bot. one, yeah, a third, un- yeah, Android or whatever it was, yeah. I only cool. just got that <laughs> Android, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, I think we'll end it there. Yep. This was this has been fun. Thanks, Trevor. Yes, should we uh, end our podcast properly? <laughs> yeah, I was going to calm down. So, if you'd like to find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, we are BitStormCast on all of those. We have a Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash BitStorm. You can also rate and review us on Podchaser, podchaser.com slash BitStorm. Speaking of rating and reviewing, have you seen that we're also on iTunes, where you can rate and review there? We'd love it if you would. And plus, also, you can subscribe to us. BitStormCast.com is our website like to plug our friends at the AGPN, just search for hashtag AGPN on Twitter or the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook. 
Finally, we'd like to thank Kuridas for the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. Yes, we would. So, thank you again for joining us on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I am Trevor Scott. And I'm the ghost of a hydraulic press. <laughs> 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 <laughs>